The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your order. Episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers Three. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? All right. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm right there with you. Uh, as we talked before show, I spent a good many hours in the emergency room last night, this morning, whatever you want that's, to call it. That's never a good thing. No, it's not. So yeah. And it's not good when the knee constantly locks and pops as I'm walking. That part is, is my good knee. Hmm. It's not the well, knee. That's what you thought. That's what I thought. It's not the knee I had surgery on a couple of years ago, or almost two years ago, year and a half ago. Yeah, not fun. So um, check out the homepage, wookieradio.net. I'm Dan is behind. I'm hoping to get it caught up soon. Um, but check out our affiliates, supporting them supports us. Also, to check out toink.com t-o-y-n-k.com uh, as you heard in in their tag use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your purchase as anytime so um star wars news there's quite a bit and, and then uh we'll touch on some uh some other things that i think i found interesting that we could talk about as well but we'll see how see how if we get to those depends on how quick we get through this news okay. what do you guys think so, uh, clicked one link and it didn't pop up. Alrighty. So, uh, I guess we'll start with some gaming news. Jedi Fallen Order, uh, or Jedi Fallen Order 2, uh, may get its reveal coming in May, possibly during Star Wars Celebration. That That's an easy one prediction. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of Star Wars video game news coming at Star Wars Celebration. Because <laughs> we're supposed to be getting, at some point soon, the um, Knights of the Old Republic re-release. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, most of the stories tonight are coming from comicbook.com. Uh, there's a couple coming from uh, starwars.com. I don't think I have any from our friends at the Pop Insider. That's the other place I was going to find it. Uh, uh, yes, we got one story from Pop Insider, which will go right after this one because it's a gaming story. So, um, according to comicbook.com, uh, Electronics, Electronic Arts basically confirmed the sequel during their earnings call last summer. But the publisher has been pretty quiet about it over the last few months. Um, but it seems that the f- fans like us will not be waiting too much longer for m- information. As supposedly, uh, a reveal is coming during Star Wars Celebration in May. Uh, Jeff Grubb, who is a industry insider, stated as such during Game Beat Decides podcast, affirming what many fans have, have been expecting. Uh, apparently, Grubb has a terrific track record, but readers should still take this with a grain of salt until we get actual confirmation. Uh, according to Grubb, we're going to hear about hear about that in May at Star Wars Celebration is when that's coming. So keep an eye out for that because that's where it's happening. 100% says Grubb. Uh, but he also went on 100%. to say, uh, what was that? I said 100%. Huh? Yep. Uh, that's 100%. He's speculating. That's what I'm going to say. Mm. Uh, no offense to Grubb, but again, until official word. Uh, Grubb went on to say that he wasn't sure whether the sequel will release at the end of 2022 or in early 2023. Um, the original released in quarter four of 2019. So it is possible the sequel could release around the same time, which would be great. Right around the time of Black Friday, yeah. the holiday sales. Hey, and most mm-hmm. people get a little bit of time off for the holidays, so it, you can go and actually just play the game all for the whole time. Yep. If the sequel does get revealed at Star Wars Celebration, it seems like a safe bet that the game will have a release window announced as well, one way or another. Uh, fans are patiently awaiting the return of Cal Kestis. Uh, I'll say so because uh, here at the parks, it was announced that the Cal Kestis Legacy Lightsaber that will be sold at Doc Ondar's uh, will drop on Friday, the 20, 25th. Awesome. So yeah, I just saw the headline after a long awaited uh, release. So, I mean, this is a character everyone likes. This is a character. Uh, it's a game. Everyone's enjoying. I would not be surprised if we don't see Cal potentially with his own show as well. I think that would be a great, great opportunity. And let's touch on, I don't him. know. I kind, I kind of like him staying in, um, Video games until possibly um, a cameo in one of the shows or something. I, I could do with a cameo, like maybe an Andor, or or maybe he does survive and makes an appearance in Mandalorian. And he survives all that jazz, or even in Ahsoka, or even in Ahsoka. Yeah. Well, we so. discussed this last week about it, but what? Maybe that's the new animated series they're working on. Cal Casta mm. story? <sighs> I don't think so. Maybe. I think, though, um, if they are going to release or may announce this new game, I'm, the only thing I'm hoping for really to um, outshine the first one was the only slight criticism I had. I love the game. I played all the way through it and stuff. The only slight criticism I had was I wish it was a little longer. Yeah. Because playing all the way through, even if you hit everything in it, was what, 20, 25 hours? I don't know. I got I got about five hours in, screwed up, and to restart. <laughs> Because after after leaving Bracca and you go to the first planet, uh, it's when I went. No, not the first planet. Uh, second second planet after Bracca, where you go to the Imperial base. It's got the the oh, mining and all yeah. that. Um, the second time you return, the second time you return there, I made a wrong turn and I ended up further 
further along, or I went, I jumped ahead in the story and put myself in a loop that I couldn't get out of because this, yeah. I hadn't, because the story wasn't ready to go that far. Well, real quick here, it said, um, according to Games Radar, uh, their, their initial playthrough of the game took them 22 hours. Um, if you're looking to follow just the main path, they had 93% complete there in 22 hours. Wow. Um, if you're looking to just do the main story path and just blow through the game, it's 14, 14 to 18 hours. Wow. They said um, to unlock the premium trophy, which add, or added an extra 12 hours to the game plays for 34 hours to get all the game's trophies. Wow. But still, in general, for a modern game, that's really short. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. 30 hours, but still. Yeah. I mean, it was a phenomenal game, and I loved it because it was it was very cinematic. It was very much um, it was there's very little grinding involved. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not it's I mean, that's not too bad for an action game because it's not an RPG, which yeah. usually tend to be a lot longer. Maybe that's what it, maybe that's what the difference was. I, I usually play RPGs. I don't play a whole lot of um, well, either action or RPG. I play almost no fighting games, no sports games. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the same way. I play I play some sports games. But I do a lot of like strategy games. Uh, like, oh, so you like to play games that take hundreds of hours to play? <laughs> stuff like Command and Conquer. I like the and Command and Conquer Red Alert. Yeah. Tomorrow. I, I mean, when when I did multiplayer like shooting games, <laughs> it's like always give let me be the sniper, and I always found the place to go hide. Yeah. It's like okay, I'm good here until I fire three, or four no. shots, and then I got then I got multiple games. I don't like playing with other people. <laughs> yeah, heard that. About I, I'm not a um, I'm not twitchy enough for shooters. Mm. That's why I play. That's why I typically I go in a sniper role, just so I can you know stay far enough away. <laughs> it's like have my teammates yell at me. It's like uh, I'm outraged to pop someone's head off for you. So. Chill, I've got your back. That's what my job is. Everyone wants to go out there and be the guys and glory guy. And, oh, I'm come out here and just spray spray lead just for the sake of spraying lead. I don't care who I kill. So those are the guys that Battlefront was made for. Yep. So um continuing with Star Wars or with gaming. Uh <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we're still talking Star Say, we're Wars. We're not going with Star Wars, where are we going? <laughs> There's this thing called Metal Star Galactic. It's a Starship Troopers. <laughs> space 1999. Hey, love the Eagle. One of the best looking spaceships I ever saw before uh, outside of Star Trek. If we're going to go that far back, then might as well just go back to UFO. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, if you guys have been a fan of the Lego Star Wars games, yes, then you've probably already helped a minifig style Princess Leia get the Death Star plan safely off the Tana 5 at least once. I know I did with the with the classic trilogy. Uh, however, I didn't help uh, get off the Tana Four though. I mean, that's why I meant Tana Four, not Tana Five. Tana Four. Uh, however, <laughs> I helped her on the Sundered Heart. However, the <laughs> iconic scene is back, heading towards consoles next month. Uh, this story comes from our friend Madeline from the Pop Insider. Um, with the launch, yeah, I can't believe it's going to be next month. Lego Star Wars: The Sky, Skywalker Saga will release. It's about time. Um, Pop Insider got to attend a gameplay 
preview of the revamped Lego Anthology Adventure, and it's packed with upgrades and adventures that are sure to entice old and new Lego Star Wars gamers alike. Lucky dogs. Um, within the game, players can drop into the nine-episode Star Wars saga at any point they like, thanks to a menu made up of animated dioramas that indicate each episode. Want to play in release order? Go for it. Or if you're a chronological diehard who would prefer to start at episode one, also do it. Or if you want to play the sequel trilogy and get it done and over with, you could do that too. I'm just saying. Um, once you select an episode, players land right inside of the action. Of course, many of these scenes and characters will be familiar, but there are also a bunch of new features and upgrades. For example, the interiors of every starship are made up entirely of Lego. So as they navigate the tail of the Star Wars saga, players can use different button combinations to utilize different attacks. Better combos equals more studs. As any Lego video game lover will know, collecting studs is key is a key element in beating the game. In this game, the true Jedi meter is broken into three sections. You get a collectible for completing each section. Uh, I don't know if I like that mechanic. I'm not a button master, so combos is not something I'm usually a fan of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was like that in the originals. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be too difficult, but it was like that in the original, in the original games. Yeah, but the way they're describing that, it sounds kind of like the way you would do uh, fighting games or like some of the modern um, action games where it takes like three or four buttons to do one certain yeah. thing. Yeah. Button yep. combos. Uh, I'm not usually a fan of those. In Star Wars, in Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, players also have a lot of freedom in how they complete the game. Often there are multiple paths to success that players could choose from. Uh, often requiring more combat, while other may require more logic. Another new addition for this game is level challenges, three on each level to be exact. Along with the main movie-inspired adventure of the game, Skywalker Saga offers drop-in, drop-out gameplay. Fans could travel to different planets using a galaxy map. And while flying between planets, you could take on smuggling run quests by collecting by going into orbit of other ships and destroy Kyber comets to collect Kyber bricks. These Kyber bricks, which you can also collect through the game's main levels, can be used to purchase upgrades in the game. Of course, the game maintains a sense of humor that has always been the main staple of the LEGO video games. Uh, the iconic Stormtrooper hot tub makes an appearance, and you can unlock a special effect called the Galaxy Rave that turns the entire game into a giant party complete with Star Wars-themed dance music. Jeez. Well, since they removed it from the parks, Lego decided to put it into their game. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Skywalker Saga will be available for Nintendo Switch, Xbox, Steam, which will be PC, place, or PC, I guess, uh, Mac, if you can use Steam well, on Mac. actually, Xbox is very close to, they've made a deal with Steam that they're working on bringing Steam to Xbox. Uh, and, In some form. and PlayStation on April 5th. You can pre-order the game now. Uh, game is available for fifty nine. Yeah, as of right now, I think the first step is they're taking um, and making um, Xbox available on um, what's the handheld version of Steam? The um, Steam something rather. Oh. They have a handheld uh. version, I guess, that you can use. Yeah, but um, I guess the uh, Xbox is going to be available on that Xbox Live. Okay, so it's like that's a, it's only another step or so to move uh, to add Steam to Xbox. Yeah. Which would be huge. Yes, it would. I wonder if they have any with the pre-orders. I don't know. Speaking of Lego, uh, it was announced earlier this week. Lego Star Wars Death Star Trench Run 
Training on Dagobah and trash compactor sets coming soon. Ooh. Uh, once again, Amazon branches outside of the U.S. have given a glimpse of a new Star Wars of new Star Wars Lego sets ahead of their official reveal. We also have official mention of a new Lego Star Wars exclusive from Walmart that's tied into this wave. The sets in question are 75329 Star Wars Trench Run, 75330 Dagobah Training, and the Trash Compactor, which will be available to order in coming days. The Trench Run and Dagobah sets were revealed early thanks to Amazon.es and Amazon DE, so Amazon Spain and Amazon Germany. Uh, the trench run will include 665 pieces and will feature the iconic scene from A New Hope when Luke Skywalker's X-Wing was pursued by Vader's TIE fighter and um, the normal TIEs as well on the Death Star. I want to say this has been done before, so this is almost a re-release. I, I don't remember. I remember seeing a trench run set in the past. It was a May 4th set. I'm not sure. Um... The base plaque features Darth Vader's quote, the fourth is, the force is strong with this one, which makes this a little bit different. Uh, the training on Dagobah set will include a thousand pieces with a design based on the swamp scene in the Empire Strikes Back when Yoda begins Luke's Jedi training. In addition to Yoda and Luke minifigures, there's an R2, Yoda's hut, and Luke's submerged X-Wing. Uh, the base features Yoda's quote, do or do not, there is no try. That is cool looking too. It is very cool. I, I think that one, looks like it's, that one almost looks like it's something straight out of one of the Lego games. Yeah. But this whole thing, Yoda's hut was not that close to the swamp where the X-Wing was at. And this, is, this is the thing. I understand they're trying to incorporate a lot of people when they do this. They try to incorporate a little bit of everything. See, that doesn't bother me much. And it, um, just because it's like the, this is just a slice of Dagobah in general. So you want to put as much as I mean. Especially since it's just part of the wing of the X-Wing. It's not even like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, trying to see. There's pricing for this. How many pieces? A thousand pieces? Yeah. Uh, well, this one it. has it as um, set basically 70 pounds on the one I'm looking at here. 70 pounds? Oh. Uh, so I'm not sure how much it is um, in dollars. I don't know the conversion rate currently. Isn't it usually two pound or $2 per pound? I don't know. Approximately. I'm not even sure what these days, who knows? Yeah, it's not even available on a website. Um, okay, according to Google, uh, sixty nine ninety nine pounds would be um, ninety two thirty one dollars. That's about right. So ninety bucks. That's about right. That's about right. Approximately. So, uh, let's see if they're listed under. So, nope. Yeah, looking at the trench run set, it looks okay, but I don't like the mini vehicles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I was just thinking the same thing. As for the Walmart exclusive, the Trash Compactor Star Wars set, which I'm interested in because I have the other Death Star theme sets for the from A New Hope. I've got the, the gun, I got the uh, swing, the Death Star Escape, and then I have the uh, Detention Center, which was a exclusive from uh, Celebration. Um, but this one, I like it, but it, it's, it's the only reason why I would consider it is for the fact that it, it still ties in with that theming that I've already been going for. Um, seems kind of small. Yeah. Uh, details are scarce. Uh, it's officially been teased for the first collector con event of 2022 for Walmart, 
which means it will be available to, to be ordered, um, was made available either Thursday, March 24th or Friday, March 25th. Um, I say that because for us, we're recording before those dates, but it, the show's been released since those dates. Uh, we expect the trench run and the training on Dagobah diorama sets to also officially be re- revealed to order on Lego.com at the same time. So, y'all's thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, all right, but like I said, the Dagobah set is really cool. The um, yeah, I'm looking. I can't. Where do they have a picture of um? I don't have any pictures of the trash compactor one. I had to look that up separately. I uh, okay. I saw that one on um. Actually, where did I see that one? It's on on Facebook. Someone on Facebook posted it. Okay, well, I have Google. I just Google knows all. Trash. So yeah, that's what I did. I googled it. I don't know. They're they're okay. So um, apparently we're gonna head towards uh, some animation news. Star Star Wars detours related. Yeah, I saw this. Every so often, uh, Star Wars or detours pops up again. I wish they. Were, I wish Disney would just release it. Uh, again, coming from comicbook.com. I would not be surprised if real quick, um, if uh, this year in May sometime, they don't go ahead and just put it out on Disney+. Plus. At this point in time, it's been 12 years. It's been 10 years. Yeah. All this has been Maybe sitting there for 10 years. I hope. Because wasn't it May the 4th last year that when we got the um, all the vintage content? Yeah. Ewoks, droids, all yeah. that stuff? Yeah, yeah, we started to. I mean, it's been 10 years. I mean, come on. Just at this point in time, we need some levity in the franchise. They don't want people to get confused thinking this is actually real. The um, canon. No one's going to get confused. The Disney marketing people will get confused. Well, they're confused as it is. But uh, there's been a number number of projects that have gone unrealized over the years, with one of them being uh, Star Wars Detours, which came from Seth Green and Matt Sinrich of Robot Chicken fame. Uh, of course, we have had Jen and Todd, who were producers and directors on the show, here on the show to talk about detours uh, back oh, a while ago, back in our beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, so adding even more disappointment to the series abandonment is that Weird Al Yankovic recently revealed that he had written and recorded music for an episode of the series. So oh. he, though that he... And the creators learned shortly after the series was being shelved indefinitely. Neither Lucasfilm nor Disney have offered any hint that Star Wars Detours could ever be released in any capacity. Uh, while we're working on, we were working on a Star Wars musical that was a third season show. We were writing songs and all of a sudden it was like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> Yankovic confirmed while on the George Lucas talk show. Uh, when asked for more details about the music, the musician confessed, I don't know that I'm allowed to talk about it. There were, gosh, at least a half a dozen or more songs as part of the musical and the various char- and various and the various characters in the show. We actually recorded them singing their songs, and that was about a week before we found out the show was not happening. So they had at least, I, th- I think Todd said, Todd and Jen said, that there was at least, what, 50 episodes that were done? I believe so, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, that would take us into a third season. So, um, Detours was developed before the sale to Disney, with a sizzle reel of, comedi- of the comedic series being unveiled to audiences back in Celebration twenty uh, Celebration 6, back in 2012, which is when I saw it. 
Reportedly, more than 40 episodes of the series were created, with Green and Sinrich working closely with George Lucas himself to develop the series. Though, with Disney confirming months later that the new that new projects were being developed for the franchise, the studio shelved the series, so newcomers to the series' first exposure to the galaxy far, far away wasn't satirical. Yankovic voiced for Lom in the series, for LOM in the series, as is, I guess he is officially named, uh, according to the comics. Uh, reading the bounty hunter, um, Zuckus for LOM one shot, Zuckus keeps calling him for LOM, not for Lom. As in well, for it's for I've always known for Lom, but I mean, if they want to say for LOM, then it's for LOM. Well, that's that's supposedly it's a it's a abbreviation for for love of money. I did not. That's what I've always heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes sense. I don't either. It makes sense though. Um, I've heard. Though with it being more than a decade ago that he recorded music, he couldn't recall. He couldn't recall the complete roster of singers. Um, despite Lucasfilm giving no hints that Star Wars Detours will ever be released, fans continue to hope that they would one day witness the endeavor. See, that's what it's something that we all want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if it's something the fans want, why not, you know, give it to us and say, hey, here you go, you know, maybe. Maybe, uh, you know, try to smooth over some of the things, some of the uh, less enthusiastic fans. I mean, I think if you put in the series description that no, it is not canon, even though it's obvious because Leia has converse, has real-time conversations with her mother, Padme, who mm. they never, ever meet. Yeah. So, I mean. Right, and they have, you know, and I believe they like have said in, before, the Ewoks and droid stuff, and you know, yep. He's going to be saying, probably thinking that's canon. So, right. Before we go any further, I want to get back to the collectibles real quick. With I, I think we touched on it briefly before the vintage collection versus black series. With the way, mm. with the way it seems like there's a lack of care for the black series in detail wise anymore. Which, which are you guys now more drawn to wanting to collect black series or, or the three and three quarter inch? Well, I don't really collect figures much anymore, so it would kind of be a, a case by case basis for Yeah. Me. It's figure by like, figure. Yeah. If it's something really cool, then that looks good. Then I might get it, but, I haven't bought a, an actual figure in quite some time. Okay. See, for for me, like the, the park related stuff, there are some sets that are the Black Series, and then there are like with most of the Droid stuff, it's the three and three quarter inch scale. So I, I'm still bouncing between the two because I'm wanting anything park related, and, and I'm and I'm gravitating towards figures that are right. park related. Yeah, that's right. So that that makes sense. So, but. Outside of that, uh, like with the new stuff that just came out, I loved Republic Commando, that series. I would love to get the, right now there's two figures out of Delta Squad. But really, I would, you like that series? I didn't know that. I, I loved the books. I loved, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at a Scorch right here on my, uh, my display in front of me. Um, but I'll tell you right now, the three and three quarter inch, even though this one's not articulated, 
the Scourge looks a lot better than what we've seen put out of Boss or Fixer in the Black Series line. There's a little bit more detail to them. Yeah, which I don't understand why they're doing that. But So, I mean, I, I have uh, Zalbar from Old Republic. I mean, he looks okay. I got him because he's a Wookiee. But I, I almost think if they did him in a three and three quarter inch figure, he would look so much better. I, I almost feel the same way about Jackson. I mean, I, I have Jackson because I love Jackson. I almost wish they would do some of these in three and three quarter inch as well and not just leave it as, you know, black series only. I think my I think my vintage collection Afro looks a little bit better than, than the black series Afro. Mm. But that's also at a time when the two were almost identical. You were almost getting a larger scale. I mean, the black that's when Black Series was at the time a a a larger scale vintage collect vintage vintage collection figure. Now it's like the vintage collection is outshining the Black Series again. And it's not. It wasn't meant to be that way. It's supposed to be the opposite. I think it just depends on um, once again it comes down to their marketing. Which one are they going to get to focus on? You know, what I mean, next year it'll switch back the other way. Could be. Could be. I'm almost. I'm. I'm starting to see it a little bit with G.I. Joe as well. I mean, the classified series looks great, mm. but their three and three quarter inch retro line. You know, look at the figures that we saw with um, with the Sky Striker. Those look almost better than anything we, we've seen in the classified line or in the six inch line. Because they did a whole six inch line based on the Snake Eyes movie and they were a little cheaper and the cheaper ones looked a little bit better than the, the Snake Eyes from the Snake Eyes movie wave looked almost better than the Snake Eyes from Classified, unless it was the deluxe model. So we're, I think we're almost starting to see that same thing with uh, with Star Wars as well. It's getting back to the point that three and three quarter inch are becoming more, both are being sought after, but I, th- I think we're seeing more detail coming from the vintage collection than we are from, from the Black Series. And I think we may need to bring uh, someone back from the Pop Insider on one day to discuss that, especially on the Hasbro side. Part of why I've kind of stopped collecting figures, it's just getting too crazy with all the different lines and the, you know, yeah. black series, vintage series, all of this. Just, and then you, then you have Disney Toy Box, and then you have Diamond, and, or with Hot Toys, and you know, do you, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you get them, are you getting the Jedi Force, or whatever it is, two and a half inch scale, and then the three quarter inch scale, your favorite character, and then the six inch scale and then the seven inch and then whatever the toy box is i think that may be five inch <laughs> where does it end it's too much mm-hmm. it is it is getting to be too much but back on track um speaking of four lom could he be returning in the obi-wan series according to sources at star wars news net Fans can expect to see four LOM make an appearance in the upcoming series. The site also notes that rather than merely having a cameo, the character will have a slightly more significant involvement in the project. Though exact details that potential involvement have yet to be revealed. I'm with you. I still prefer to call him four LOM. Yeah. Then he always was. We will we will call him four LOM on this show from now on. It's like the whole ad ad debate. Mm-hmm. Add at at no, Who's right? Yes, it's at at to me. When you have Pablo Hidalgo come out and say it's like hat hat, it's at at. <laughs> cool. Now the other Walker that we see in in Rogue One that's an at a c t. The chicken walkers are ATSTs. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
We have the ATTEs from Clone Wars. Cool. That's an ad at. I understand. We call everything else AT whatever. That's an ad at. That's the way if you really, even though it's never been called ad ads on screen, it was always Imperial Walkers. And fine, they're Imperial Walkers, but they're an ad at. Anyway, the site reveals, or the site also knows that rather, okay, I just said that. Um, the exact details of the potential involvement have yet to be revealed. Uh, Boba Fett became a standout bounty hunter in Empire Strikes Back as he had dialogue and continued presence in the overall narrative. Uh, Forlom, along with Zuckus, Dengar, IG-88, and Bosk were relegated to being more than set dressing. I think Forlom and IG-88 probably were set dressing. I don't know if he's... Obviously, IG-88 was just a, a statue. It was a prop. Forlom. He was in the New Hope also. Behind the counter making coffee. Uh, he may have also been in the uh, Bespin scrapyard too. Ugnar scrapyard. Because we see that same head in there. I don't even remember if either of them moved at all. I don't think they neither no, one. No, they don't. I don't remember Zuckus moving. Mm. But yeah, what, I'm not sure. Or, or Forlom and IG-88, it, it is distinctly possible they were just props. Uh, I would love to know if there was ever anyone in the costume. Because I think I think that would be cool if it was. I would love to talk. Love to. Uh, actually, he was. He was portrayed by Chris Parsons, who was a stand-in for Anthony Daniels, and he also played K3PO and E3PO in A New Hope as well, or in uh, Empire as well. No kidding. Yep. So, yep. There we go. Stand corrected. Uh, but I'm sitting here looking. Uh, when did, okay, here's the story behind Forlom. Uh, Forlom was a LOM series protocol droid manufactured by Industrial Automation, uh, who was programmed by a specific individual. The programmer told him about a planet where droids rose up. Sounds like L7 or L3. Uh, or L3. Might be related, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Forlom was assigned to a luxury liner. But logic glitches and personality software corruption allowed Forlom to override his programming. Uh, he rewrote his programming and became a galactic thief and later a bounty hunter. As a criminal, Forlom was known for specializing in anticipating the moves of its targets. Um, Forlom often worked together with the tracker Zuckus, uh, one of the first traditional Gand finesmen to leave his homeworld, the planet of Gand. And then and claimed several high-profile profile bounties for the Hut clan. Working with his partner, Forlom would provide analysis and information to help Zuckus' Zuckus's mysterious ways. Uh, between 19 BBY and 5 ABY, Forlom was among five bounty hunters investigating a jailbreak on Calarisi 5. So most of this time, it was with Zuckus. So if we see... For Lom in the series, could we potentially see Zuckus as well? He's quite possible. Indeed. If we do, do you want to see a balance of both, or do you want to see more For Lom over Zuckus? Really, for me, does, either way, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So, um, Patty Jenkins is back in Star Wars news as Rogue Squadron. It's a surprising update. As it stands now, Patty Jenkins' Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie is still supposedly supposed to technically be Lucasfilm's next Star Wars film due out. It currently boasts a December 2023 release date, despite not having started principal photography or pre-production. Earlier this month, Disney released an updated release slate, and that 2023 date was still included. 
Hmm. Interestingly enough, writer Mike Stackpole, a novelist who, who is credited with creating Rogue Squadron in the former Star Wars Expanded Universe books, says Jenkins contacted him early on in the film's development process. A tweet from GalaxyCon started to go viral Sunday afternoon after revealing the news. While that doesn't mean much for the film getting off the ground and actually filming, it does mean Jenkins and company have wanted to make this flick as accurate to his previous iterations as possible. Okay. Yeah, Stackpole's novels were amazing. Yeah, I would love to get him on the show. That, that could be fun. I mean, I don't know who else could have ever come up with a, um Ewok pilot and actually pulled it off. True. <laughs> True. Uh, I had to go back and read those. Yeah. I have them sitting on a shelf right here beside me. <laughs> So, um, yeah, now word, word of the delay spread last November after Hollywood Reporter revealed the film was no longer on Jenkins' slate of movies to film in 2022 due to shuffling Wonder Woman 3 and other projects. Uh, Hollywood insider Matt Bellani went on to share reasons why Jenkins shuffling in December in a December edition of, the, of his newsletter. It's not unusual, of course, but it's laughably reoccurring problem at Lucasfilm under President Kathleen Kennedy's say agents. Top filmmakers are dying to make a Star Wars movie until they sign on and experience the micromanagement and plot point by committee process. Okay. It's story group has the responsibility with this franchise at this point in time to make sure everything stays canon. If she wants to pull from the expanded universe Rogue Squadron franchise, there's got to be Checks and double checks to make sure what she wants to do will fit current canon. Right. Look at what Filoni went through to get Thrawn in Rebels and Rook. Look at what was done to bring the Kessel Run to life in Solo. How do you make this canon? Even though it's been talked about, how do you make the look of it canon? How do you how do you make the card game, which we come to find out was a Sabacc game, where Han lit wins the Falcon from Lando. How do you make that a canon situation from just a talked about in one film and maybe discussed in in a expanding universe book, in a Legends book? But we're talking Stackpole's books. We're also talking about comics that were based on those books from Dark Horse that mm-hmm. she's pulling information from. I am not surprised. If Jenkins is having a delay because story group is trying to figure out where she's drawn her source material from, if it's from the comics and from Stackpole's books, then they got to get the two, they got to figure out a timeline or outline for her to base it all off of for the first film. This Rogue Squadron could easily become a trilogy on its own. Yeah. So, because the film could start off as Rogue Squadron during taking place after the events of empire or the events of echo base up into the destruction of the first death star that would be an interesting place to put it because in current canon there's very little that happens between empire and um return of the jedi second film yeah, could take place written. right after them hunting down um almost along with they got almost tie in alphabet squadron as well yeah i don't see them going um after return of the jedi because we have alphabet squadron in that section in that area a rogue squadron was still around too. Yeah, but you got to think in um, current canon of the way it's been written, Wedge would not be a, a part of that. And I have a feeling Patty Jenkins wants Wedge until he's in this. Yeah, 
And um, I just got done with a reread or um, listened to, but a reread of um, um, the what is it, the aftermath books from Chuck Windig. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like in uh, yeah, that takes place pretty quick after um, Return of the Jedi. And uh, yeah, Wedge is um, has is not actually part of Rogue Squadron anymore. Yeah, right. So if she wants to use him in Rogue Squadron. They're gonna have to go before Return of the Jedi, or immediately after, like pick up on the um, Moon of Endor and do something for like in the next couple weeks or something. Yeah, almost in uh, Shatter, almost with the uh, whole Shatters in the Empire story arc as well. Yeah, be interesting. Could be. So, I I think even if we were to get two films out of Rogue Squadron, what takes place and leads the rebellion from Yavin Four to Hoth and it ends going almost with the whole beginning of of hot of empire with the start you know with the star destroyers launching the the probe droids and then credits so it, it almost acts like a a rogue one type setup yeah and then the second film takes place between empire and return after the events of hoth leading up to um right before the battle or right before the 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 planning of the battle of the second Death Star and shutting down the uh, the shield generator on Endor and the moon of Endor. That's that's where I would put it. That's where I would do the two films. Well, let's see where she gets with one. And uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it may be a one and done. And, and maybe she hits on both timelines. That was, that was always my impression that it was going to be a one and done. If, if that's the case, where where would you want to see it take place between Empire and? After the events of Hoth and the uh, mm-hmm. leading up to um, the, the planning meeting for the destruction of the Death Star? No, I'm not sure. Was was Rogue Squadron involved in uh, getting the Death Star plans with from the both and spies? I don't know on that one. They could. Mm. It could have. That seems like something Rogue Squadron would have done based on everything we've read in the past. Yeah. They could go really crazy and do it uh, between a uh, new hope and empire and actually have Luke Skywalker in it and actually be a Luke Skywalker movie or movie, but it's him leading rogue or um, moving his way up to eventually be rogue leader. It's possible as well. That could be interesting. It's possible as well. Especially if they keep getting this um, deep fake technology or whatever, better and better. Yeah. Do an entire movie with him mm. as the lead. Yeah, that's possible. So, um, Cad Bane. It's great seeing him in Book of Boba Fett. But here are nine essential Cad Bane episodes of the Clone Wars and Bad Batch that StarWars.com says we should watch on Disney Plus. Um, because they said so. Because they said so. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this in chronological order. So it's gonna be one through nine. Uh number one, Holocron Heist, season two, episode one of the Clone Wars. Uh, the bounty hunter makes a big impression in Holocron Heist as the second season of the series kicks off. The three-part story, which takes place during the events of the first season, uh, starts with Darth Sidious paying Bane to steal a Holocron from the Jedi Temple. This is when we see Toto in action as well, I believe. Uh, number two, uh, season two, episode two, <laughs> The Clone Wars, Cargo of Doom. So the chase continues um, as Bane kidnaps Jedi Master Bola Rapal to activate the hologram he stole from the temple. Uh, as usual, Anakin has an unorthodox idea to 
to board Bane ship, but the bounty hunter is undeterred. The two clash for the first time in this action pack X episode. Uh, included is a zero G battle so far. What do you guys think? Y'all are quiet over there. I think every episode for Cad Bane was, um, there's not that many of them. So they're all required viewing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three, children of the force season two, episode three. So right off the bat, we go one, two, and three from season two. Um, know if there's a whole lot of point to this list it's uh number four is the clone wars evil plans season three episode eight um this is where cad bane needs the plans to the senate building for his next job and he knows that c3po and r2d2 work with amidala but when he finds that 3po is unhelpful bane apprehends r2 and finds finds the information he needs the show this episode shows a glimpse of a rare smile from the bounty. Uh, number five, Hostage Crisis from season one, episode 22. Uh, this is where he's been hired to retrieve Zero the Hut from his Republic prison. Uh, number six, from Clone Wars Hunt for Zero, season three, episode nine. Uh, Obi-Wan and Quaylen Voss are dispatched to find Zero the Hut, who is hiding incriminating evidence on the Hut cartel when Zero escapes the Hut. Cartel's clutches, both the Jedi and Cad Bane pursue him across the galaxy. Uh, if you want to see Bane wield a white saber, a lightsaber, Hunt for Zero is a must-see. Number seven, uh, Crisis on Naboo from Clone Wars, Season 4, Episode 18. Uh, Kane's next big job is an assassination attempt on Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. And Kenobi fakes his own death and disguises himself as an assassin to go undercover and stop the plot four-part story culminates in crisis in nobu not only do kenobi and bane get a rematch but the episode ends with an electrifying lightsaber duel as well and i believe it was the story arc that kenobi uses his it's the first we get more of an explanation of where the name ben comes from that he uses later as ben kenobi yeah uh number eight bad batch reunion season one episode eight um he's now a mercenary for hire um when Crosshair tracks the Bad Batch on Braca, uh, Bane makes his own move. He's been tasked with retrieving Omega. Uh, and then, of course, that follows up with Bounty Lost, Season 1, Episode 9. Um, when it's Toto 360's time to shine. Okay, not really. But the ever-loyal droid partner gets a little time in the spotlight in this episode. Uh, Bane's supposed to return Omega to the Kimonians who hired him. Someone else has another idea, Fennec Shan. Shan versus Bane is an incredible showdown you've been waiting for, which I'm almost sad we didn't get in uh, a little bit in Book of Boba Fett as well. Yeah. So, uh, y'all's thoughts on those episodes? Like I said, he's such a great character that um, it is great because they used him sparingly enough that you never, he never overstayed his welcome. Yeah. So it was always a treat kind of when you get to, when it's like, oh, he's back. Yep. So um beyond that that is all the stories i have to bring to the whole net or to the data pads for you guys any final thoughts guys i had one nope. i saw this popped up from local news out of cleveland out of channel 5 news out of cleveland that um here where i live in akron ohio the akron municipal court is going to be officiating star wars weddings on may the 4th this year well that's cool They'll be going to a local movie theater, which um, is the Highland Theater in um, Highland Square neighborhood of Akron. And um, for like two hours on May the 4th, they will be having Star Wars themed weddings available. 
That's like awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is officially through the courthouse with one of the judges there. And that'd be cool. Especially if they're bringing, uh, potentially bringing the 501st involved as well. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't say, I mean, it has the details on um, what you got to do, obviously to get set up for this. Um, the cool thing is if anybody who's in the court's jurisdiction, it's like $25 fee. It's not bad. If you're outside the court's jurisdiction, you it's a $40 fee to get married. That's a pretty good price for getting married. Uh, it sounds like a pretty hefty price to get married, but marriage is never cheap. Well, say no, that's actually a low price for most people. What they end up having to put out into a wedding. True, true. So, uh, any other final thoughts? Nope. And I've got nothing else as well. And that means there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.